0: Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up.
0: And welcome back to the Lisa Wexler Show. Joining us right now, our own Lieutenant Governor Susan Beisowitz, who is always so happy to appear and be gracious at countless functions throughout the state all the time. She has tremendous energy. She's been serving faithfully as a public servant in Connecticut for so many years. Lieutenant Governor Susan Bicewitz, welcome back to the Lisa Wexler Show. Hello and happy new
3: year to you. Hello, Lisa. Happy New Year. So nice to be back with you and so happy that your mom is doing better.
0: She is. So that's so nice of you to remember. Thank you. Yes, she is doing better. Thank you so much for asking. So, okay. So Lieutenant Governor, I've got to ask you about something. I saw News 8, big story, pro-Palestinian protesters disrupted the swearing in of a West Hartford official. And it looks like they heckled you quite a bit and tried to get your goat. What happened there?
3: So there was a small group, maybe five or six protesters, uh, and they disrupted a swearing-in of the town clerk in West Hartford, his name is Leon Davidoff, Um, and just as I was beginning to speak about him, because I was going to say a few words about his service as town clerk, and then wear him in for his new term, uh, the protesters started to um, shout and chant, and we were in a public building, and when you're in a public space, you know, you always want to give people the opportunity to say what they would like to say, so they had an opportunity to uh, do that, And after they had uh, chanted, uh, spoken for several minutes, the police chief in West Hartford um, and his deputy escorted them out. So they had an opportunity to say their piece. It's why country, like my dad um, was in the Army Air Corps, and he served as so many have done across our country so that we can have free speech, we can elect our leaders, and we can worship as we choose. So they had their opportunity to say what they wanted to say.
0: So that's, I mean, that's all well and good. But in this article, uh, Lieutenant Governor, it says the protesters shouted, Susan, what do you say? How many kids did you kill today? Uh, I mean, what's that
2: about?
3: Right. Well, uh, I don't know. You will have to ask them. Certainly my job as lieutenant governor is not about foreign policy. My job is to run the state Senate and also to take over for the governor when he is not in our state. So, um, you know, they you'll you'll have to ask them what their point was. Um, They, I will tell you that this same group of people has been um, going to other events. They went to a Chris Murphy fundraiser um, and you know engaged him. Uh, They've also you know disrupted other public uh, events. So you know I don't. You really should have them on if you want to know. Because I'm not. Quite sure what their um, what their point is.
0: Well, okay, and Lieutenant Governor Susan Bicewicz, I was just wondering. You said it was the swearing in of a town clerk named Leon Davidoff in West mm-hmm. Hartford, which is known as a or it used to be a, a very Jewish community. I don't know if it is now, but it used to be have a lot of synagogues and JCCs and everything yeah, else.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And so again, that would be a question. To these protesters, why did they pick that particular location, that particular event? They've also, you know, they went to uh, the governor's residence during the holiday season. He, the governor opens his residence to the public so they can see the beautiful decorations. They went to the governor's home, he was not there, um, but they've been, you know, making the rounds. Uh, OK. And trying to make a point.
0: OK. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Susan Beisowitz, I want to just ask about a couple of other things. One of the stories sure. we've been covering is in 2021, the legislature decided to pass some kind of an overhaul mandate from the state with respect to looking at the K through three way in which we teach reading in public schools. And right. they they set up a, a mini bureaucracy within the Department of Education, just to decide whether or not to issue waivers of this new state-mandated curriculum. And what I'm finding out is that the waivers were granted for these big city school systems that have failing outcomes, right? So New London, Waterbury, Hartford, these big city school systems in which one might decide or agree that an overhaul is really necessary, But waivers were not granted for Greenwich, Darien, New Canaan, Westport, which are high-performing suburban school districts whose outcomes every single year are way above the norm and some of them the best in the whole country. And yet they now have to conform to a way to teach reading. And some of them are saying, no, we don't want to do that. You better reconsider this because we really defend the way in which we're teaching reading. And I'd like to know where you, what you think about all of this.
3: You know, uh, I remember when uh, Senator Pat Billy Miller, who represents Stanford um, prior to redistricting, she also represented Darianne. She was one of the chief sponsors of the bill. And Uh, I think her intent was to ensure that all of our kids get the best reading uh, support possible because reading is the foundation of everything. And it's a predictor of success and, or, or failure in life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think the intentions were good. And, and, you know, when you pass a law. It's a very theoretical thing, right? And so I think there's always an opportunity to assess whether that law is working, whether it's effective, whether it needs adjustment. And this is something I'm very interested in because as lieutenant governor, one of my statutory responsibilities is to uh, run the interagency council the achievement gap right
1: and this
3: right bill theoretically speaking was designed uh to do that so i think it's it'll be something i'll have agency council looking at because as um you were describing it right are Alliance School Districts, our biggest and most needy urban areas. um, We're having trouble, Uh,
0: Susan, um, uh, Lieutenant Governor. You're going a little bit out. I don't know where you are, but it's crackling on
3: my end. We're having, we're missing some words. I'm so sorry because I'm right at the state capitol. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Is it it getting better? It's
0: okay right Um, where you are,
3: but we kept missing some words. We'll stop right here then. Okay. Thank you. We'll stop right here so that you you can continue to. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Here, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, no. So but I, I would I, say yeah. I would say that this is the um that our our legislators will start to take a look at, and should if it's something that is not working in the way that had been envisioned, or if it's getting cumbersome and difficult, and um, uh, bring it forward to our interagency council on ending the achievement gap because. The Commissioner of Education, uh, Charlene Russell Tucker, is a part of that, also the Commissioner on Early Childhood, um, Department of Children and Families, and uh, the Judicial Department and others are part of that. And uh, that um, is something that will be on our agenda and we can take a look at. And I would encourage legislators uh, to do the same.
0: Yeah, I think they have to. And, you know, it's also this idea, and this is just an idea, but there's this idea of conformity to statewide standards versus allowing experimentation and creativity in districts that can demonstrate that the way they're doing it works for that community. And one would hope that there would be, that that would matter a lot, that there would be the kind of flexibility that that would matter, where a school district could say, we're doing great, and if you want to check on us for time to time and look at our outcomes and our standardized testing and come in and audit what our teachers are doing, great, but you shouldn't require us to overhaul. And by the way, there was also a lot of administrative headache. The new Canaan application alone was 77 pages, when I read that, I think to myself, that's somebody being paid to do a job that couldn't do the job they were being paid to do because they had to spend X amount of days just on this application. And I, I just think and, we have and, to be mindful of all of that.
3: And uh, to your point about innovation, and experimentation, if there are methods of teaching reading that seem like they're very effective, also that's something school districts and our state should know about because you know maybe that is an effective and important way that we can um, use to help other communities that are lagging
0: so uh, Lieutenant Governor Susan Biso it's one more thing and I do appreciate your time today I saw an article in the Hartford Current that Connecticut, as a state, and the Lamont administration, you're you're the lieutenant governor, that we are looking to take advantage of the possibility of federal funds that will allow us to cut our carbon footprint by planting more trees in cities, by converting to more electric buses. Uh, it looks like Rebecca French is cited in this article quite a bit. Um, I was wondering if you could give us an update on all of this, because it sounds— like it could be an exciting initiative to take advantage of some federal money.
3: Yes, absolutely. and and right now, there are about two thousand buses on the road that are diesel fueled. And wouldn't it be great is if, if especially in our urban areas, places like Bridgeport, New Haven, and Hartford, uh, that we could get those uh, buses to be, electric so that they are carbon free Uh, some of our cities um, uh, have kids that are suffering from very high rates of childhood asthma this is a big problem especially uh, in our urban areas so it's seeking those federal funds for electric buses is a huge priority and also getting federal funding for trees as well My hometown of Middletown has the designation of a tree city.
2: Really?
3: Uh, There are, uh, I think, about a dozen communities in Connecticut that have that designation. And in order to have it, you have to have an arbor commission. You have to plant a certain number of trees. I've actually seen in my own hometown how... Uh, Property values can increase by um, planting trees. Also, crime is shown to decrease um, with more trees. So it's something that I've seen work in my community, and I think it's great that the federal government is providing funding for this because this is also a huge help with uh, carbon because trees help clean the air.
0: They do. And on that note, uh, Lieutenant Governor, I hope that you're mindful of the fact that we've got a continuing battle with Eversource and other utilities that insist that as opposed to capital funding for more and more underground lines, which the people want, they would rather do the short-term solution of cutting down a lot of trees. And Eversource is, you know, Is is doing 4,000 miles within Connecticut of road and road and road and and inlet and inlet and inlet, inlet, cutting, cutting, cutting. And so many of the listeners who call me here on WICC clamor for a different solution. They really want to make the long term investment.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a great long term investment. When you consider climate change, Uh, it is a much more long term sustainable solution. Right, if you can bury the power line so that you have less lines coming down in the storms that have been becoming more frequent.
0: Well, I do know that, and particularly, I don't know if you've heard about this, but if not, you will, uh, that United Illuminating has planned this extraordinarily high, we're talking 140 feet high. these, these, what are we calling these things? These antenna, monopoles. Monopoles. Thank you, monopoles. oh yes.
3: Yes. And that issue was a big one, for instance, in some of the local elections, like in Fairfield, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. So, yes, I have uh, been kept informed uh, who live in the Norwalk-Fairfield area uh, because of concerns of, Uh, you know, what will happen to the environment and to the views.
0: Good. I'm glad. And Bridgeport also, I think late to the party, but Bridgeport also realized that it needed to wake up because these monopoles are coming right through Bridgeport too. And, you know, these are not uh, not not-for-profit poor companies. These are companies that plan well and have a lot of money in reserves. And, you know, we care deeply about the way things look, and we care deeply about long-term climate impact so I you know, I'm speaking on behalf of hundreds of thousands of people in our area who do not want to see these monopoles. I'm just letting you know as as our state leader, thank we do, you. We do not yes. want
3: to see them. <laughs> I appreciate it and I've leaders, um, and it's really not a party issue.
0: No. Um not and I've heard
3: the same, so I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. No, not at all. I think it's something we can collectively agree on. Lieutenant Governor Susan Bysowitz, thank you as always for joining us. Thanks for giving us your recap. Is there anything that you want to say to our audience before we go? Let me give you the last word, any kind of message to us for a happy Yes, year?
3: absolutely. Yeah. I want to remind everyone that 2024 uh, will bring the biggest income tax cut Since the establishment of the income tax, so uh, families that collectively make $300,000 or less will see um, a tax cut, as will individuals who make $150,000 or less. So uh, watch for that, and uh, we were very excited to be able to provide that. Oh,
0: that's wonderful. That is great. Um, Everybody loves that kind of news as opposed to the alternative. So thank you. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Have a happy, happy, happy happy new year. Lieutenant Governor Susan Bison on the Lisa Wexler Show. Thank you so much. We'll be right back with more of the show. Stay tuned.
2: Hold up. What was that?
1: For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
0: Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.